know about you, but I got some good news. Everybody say good news. Oh, come on. Say it like you mean it. I got some good news. Everybody say good news. I got some good news today, and his name is Jesus. Amen. So how many of you know that you can look at the world and you turn on the television and you hear about this going on and that going on and 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 shootings and killings and 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 lawlessness just abounds. It seems like it's always there, but I got some good news today. I got some good news, and his name is Jesus. You know, there's a Hebrew word Shema, and it means um it means to hear. And I want you not just to hear with your ears today, I want you to hear with your heart. I want you to hear with your heart today. So when we shema, when we begin to hear, something's going to happen, something's going to change, something's going to be shifted within us. And I believe it's already started. I believe the, the, the ground has already been plowed, and now it's time to put some seeds in the ground. And I believe that maybe your ground is starting to come up and you're, you're starting to re, you know, reap a harvest, that there's going to be some water that's come on, amen, and it's, it's going to, I think it's prophetic that it, you know, that it did rain the last couple of days. We don't get a whole lot of rain in August, but how I many of you know things are shifting, things are changing. It's time for us to realize what you're called to do, what your plan and your purpose is. The last few weeks we talked about what Jesus did. What did Jesus come to do. We know that number one, that he came to destroy the works of the devil, that, that he came to override all those things that were there. We also learned that he came to save that which was lost. We also know that he came to take away the sins, not only our sins, but the sins of the world, but not only be uh, someone who takes away your sin, but to be your Lord and your Savior. We talked about that. We also know that he, we we talked about where he came to give us life and to give it to us more abundantly. And I want to talk a little bit about abundant life today. I want to tell you that uh, my luggage is still not arrived yet. Amen. So all I'm saying is that I had a I had I was telling somebody I had a I had a jersey I had a Kevin Durant David I had a Kevin Durant number 35 Thunder jersey that I was going to give this pastor in Ghana. I was going to give that to him. And, you know, we may go somewhere else. I may go to London, you know, and then all of a sudden look on the street and there's a guy wearing that jersey, amen, uh, that I know that he needed it more than I did. But we're, we're, uh, we're just going to trust in the Lord that, that, um, and lean not on our own understanding, but in all our ways acknowledge him and he's going to direct our steps. So um, I, am, I am excited about what God's doing in your life today. So Jesus is the author of life. Everybody say life. Have you thought about life? I think we all have gotten to that place where sometimes we think about life and what we want life to be and what life should be. And then life throws its curveballs or all of a sudden, you know, you can't, you can't, things don't happen the way that you, you feel like they should happen. Or maybe there's something, that, a tragedy or a trauma that takes place in your life. And then all of a sudden you're beginning to reel and deal with some of those things and and I want us to, I am going to start a series <clears throat> on the restoration of your soul. The restoration of your soul. And I'm going to break something down today, and I'm going to give you, start to give you a foundation. And then the next few weeks, we're going to walk through some stuff. So I really think that you need to be able to invite somebody to come. Amen. And then they're going to be able to get some relief, and they're going to be able to see some things in the Word of God. Everybody say restoration. How many of you know God's in the restoration business? I thought about bringing in an, an old 1969 beat-up Mustang, 
that I used to own back many years ago. And when I got the car, it needed some restoration. It took me in many years, but I had to replace the front quarter fender. And, and Ray is over there like, tell me some more. You know, I put a spoiler on the back, and I put louvers on the back windows, and I put a front spoiler on it, and I needed to put in a, a console in between the seats. And how many of you know the car, when you looked at it, it was like, man, who, what are you doing driving around in that old beat-up old thing, right? And then I went through, there was a restoration process. I got partly through my restoration process. This is my story. I ran out of money, and my sister decided she'd buy the car for me, so I sold her the car, and she put it on her farm, and the goat slept in it, and the chicken slept in it. Come on, somebody. There were actually dents on the roof of the car where the goats would be on top of the car. You know, and then after a few years, I finally had said, okay, I got some more money back. God's been good in my life, and I got some money, so I bought the car back from her. Are you with me? And I started the restoration process. How many of you know we're all in a restoration process? Oh, come on, somebody. You, you got some rust. <laughs> you, you got some <laughs> It's okay to laugh in church, y'all. It's all right. You got some rust. Turn to your neighbor and say he's not talking about you. <laughs> you got some rust. You got some rust. We got some rust. <laughs> we got some rust. There was some rust in, in on my doors, on the very corners of those doors. I had to cut those out, and then I had to lawn get a spot welder and had to have metal spot welded into those corners of there. I replaced a few fenders that were dented, and we got everything done. Long story short, after process, I, I, I that car got restored. And, I mean, I had redone the upholstery. It was a white interior, and the back seat flipped down to cover the, the, the actual back seat because there were times where I used to, you know me, I'm, I'm a creative kind of guy. I needed some two-by-fours and some sheetrock, and that's the only vehicle I had. So we just loaded it on top, right? And it's like, how do you, how do you transport four-by-eight sheets of plywood on your car? I said, I got news for you. You just open up the side door and put a garden hose in it and close the door. And you stretch the garden hose off the top and you pull it in the driver's side and roll up the window and close the door. And you drive down the street with that baby, yeah? Yeah, that's, that's, that's me. That's, that's me. I, I'll find a way to make a way to get away, to do a way to, to try to be creative in order to be able to do it. So the car got restored. And I had one of my sons said, Dad, did you ever have a a car in your life that you, your favorite car, your, your, your dream car. And I said, not only did I have my dream car, I owned my dream car for 19 years. And I sold that dream car to move out to Oklahoma. You know why? Because maybe there was a bigger dream I had. And there's dreams that God wants you to dream. And there's things that you want to step in. And there's, there's ways that maybe that, that can be done that you haven't figured out how it can be done yet. But how many of you know God's got a way? So I want to give you a couple, I want to give you a little foundation here. Let's look at the word restoration, what restoration is. Restoration is the act of replacing in a former state. The act of replacing in a former state. It also means renewal. Say renewal. It means renewal. It means revival. It means reestablishment. It means to recover. Oh, come on. There, there was a time where, where David, King David had gone out and, and with his men and he was, he was, he was uh, actually uh, the tail end of the, uh, the army of not God's kingdom, amen, but there was somebody else's kingdom that he was operating in. And they said, look, you can't do that. You got to go back home. And he went home to a town called Ziklag. And when they got home, when they got back, 
David and his men had found out that the home had been burned, that the women and children had been taken. And God pursued the Lord. He got his ephod, which was a, it's a garment that priests would wear. And he got that, that garment on and, and he said, Lord, what do I do? And the Lord said, pursue, overtake, and recover all. There was a restoration process that he said, here's what's going to take place. And if you get, it's in, I think it's in Kings 17 or, I don't know, one of them, you just read it. And it, when, when we get in there and we realize that there's a restoration, God wants a restoration process to take place in all of our lives. I don't know about you, but you've had some rust. I've had some rust. I've had some cuts. I've had some scars. I've had some bruises. I've been knocked down, but I, I got to get back up. And there's been times where there's been hurt and pain in my life. But how many of you know God wants to restore? He wants to bring a renewal. He wants to bring a revival. He wants to bring a reestablishment of his connection with himself. That he is a good God and he's good all the time. And he wants you to recover. He wants you to recover from that which the enemy meant for harm. God says, I'm going to turn it and work it out for good. Somebody say, God's working it out. He's working it out. He's working it out today. He's working it out on good for your behalf. You may not see it, but guess what? Don't give up because he's working it out. Tell your neighbor, say he's working it out. Restoration also means the process of changing from a bad state into a good state. Changing from a bad condition into a good condition. Took my old 69 Mustang and many years of restoration and it took a bad condition and made it a good condition. It was a nice condition. It was a beautiful condition. And then I enjoyed driving it. I would take it out when I'd want to sell it. And I'd stop by the gas station. Go in to pay for my gas. And come out and there'd be ten people around that car. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like, you know, and they would be around that car. And I'm thinking, man. So, you know, but how many of you know you changed from a bad state to a good state? So what are you saying, Pastor? I'm saying that that's what Jesus wants to do for our lives. He wants to change it from a bad state to a good state. Oh, come on, somebody. Well, my life's pretty good. I don't see where I need Jesus at all. My life's pretty good. Well, guess what? It can get better. Can I get an amen? So he wants to not only change it from a bad state to a good state. If it's yours in a good state, he wants to make it a great state. He wants to move through that. He wants to restore. Say, God will restore. Amen. See, here's the thing that I want you to understand. That process that you go through, it was... It happened with mankind. Jesus took the state of mankind, which was in ruin, and he brought restoration. He restored us back to the image and the likeness of God. You were created in his image and in his likeness. Now, how many of you know God, God's image and God's likeness may look a lot different on a lot of people? I look a little bit, people, different than Pastor Virginia looks like, right? Macy, come on up here. I want you to know that, come on, she is the image of God, right? So am I the image of God? All I know is she looks a whole lot better than I look. Can I get an amen? But here's what I want you to know, that it's the spirit of the living God that is in this vessel, that's in my vessel. Are you with me? So it's, he doesn't look at the outward appearance. Although you're beautiful, magnificent, wonderful. But he looks at the intent of the heart. He looks at the inward appearance. So the image of God can be on her. And the image of God can be on me. Are you with me? Because it's not about the outside image. Oh, come on, somebody. It's about the inside image. Thank you, dear. Let's give her a hand clap of praise. 
so it's that image of God. You know, we could put different vessels up in here and take the water and pour it from one to another, and that water would take the shape of whatever vessel was there. Are you with me? Whatever vase that you poured it in, that water would take that shape. And that's how it is with us. God takes the shape on the inside of us, and if you'll stay with us for the next few weeks, you're going to begin to start seeing some things that are going to shift and change, and it's going to have to be a now thing. Can I get an amen? According to the prophetic word today, it's a now thing that's coming forth, and there's going to be something that's going to shape and change in your life. See, it really talks about the fall of man. See, what really happened started back in Genesis 3, and and I, I may be a little bit ahead of my notes, but let me run through a couple scriptures real quick because I want to get to Genesis 3. In John 14, 6, Jesus said this, I am the way, the truth, and the what? That black doesn't really show up really good on that, on that projector. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but what? Through me. Through him. It's not through anything else. It's not through something else. It's through him. He is the way, the truth, and the life. John 14, 6 says, Jesus said, not only I am the way, the truth, and the life, no man comes to the Father but through me. But John 10, 10 says, I came that they may have life and have it more abundantly. Let's go to the next slide. I, I, I came that they may have what? Life and have it more. I'm not going to talk about the abundant life. I'm going to talk about life. Jesus is the restoration of life. Oh, come on, somebody. He is a restorer of life. How is he the restorer of life? Because when man fell in chapter 3 of Genesis, we were originally created in the image and the likeness of God. Can I get an amen? We agree with that? Amen was like, you know, not only I agree, so be it to me, but, you know, I agree. So through sin, we lost, mankind lost the authority in the kingdom. Pastor Linda talked about the kingdom, kingdom of God. There's a lot about the kingdom of God. I'm going to teach you more and more about the kingdom of God, but the Holy Spirit's going to give you revelation on the kingdom of God. But the authority was lost in the kingdom. In the very beginning, the authority was lost. Are you with me? You, you agree with that? In, in Genesis chapter 3, that was lost. But, but the, the word says that, 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 that we are to have life. And if Jesus said we're to have life, then we've got to know that he's got that life back. He's got that restoration back. He's got that authority back. Are you with me? If he lost authority in the beginning, we, mankind, lost that authority in the beginning, then we had to find a way to get it back. And the Father allowed us to try to figure that out. Are you with me? Tried to go through the law. We knew that it wasn't the law. The law ended up pointing us to Jesus. The law. In the Old Testament, the operation of the law points you to Jesus. How many of you know we can't fulfill the law? Jesus was the only one to fulfill the law, and he fulfilled that law for us. Can we give Jesus a hand clap of praise, hallelujah, for what Jesus has done? Because he's the restorer of life. So we realize that when Jesus came, that we had to come to Jesus. And when we came to Jesus, we repented or we received him or we became a believer the bible calls it the follower of the way the way of christ that we we became that i became a follower of jesus christ it wasn't until i was 20 when i when i got connected to god and it probably wasn't until i was 24 then i realized i got serious about it there's a difference i gave 
Christ my heart, but then when I was 24, I gave him my life. And I, I pray today you'll just give him your life. Just go ahead and throw it up and say, let's go, God. You can, you can have this thing, and you shape, make, mold me, and, and restore me into that thing that, that which you have for us. And God wants us to dream big. So if you're not dreaming big, then maybe let's step into that. Let's begin to dream big today. Everybody say restore. Everybody say restore. He's restoring us. He's restoring us. He's reviving us. He's taking it from that bad state and moving it into a good state. That's the, the renewal that God talks about. So when I come to Christ, what happens is I receive Jesus. If you haven't received Jesus today, you can receive Jesus today. I received him. I believed that he was the son of God. The Bible says if I confess with my mouth and believe in my heart, thou shalt be saved. So what happens to me? What happens? Do, 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 do I get more hair? Do I lose 10 pounds? Do I all of a sudden become a tremendous athlete? <laughs> What about I get smarter? Do you get smarter? You know, and I don't know. Those things really didn't happen to me, you know. But, but what did happen to me is this. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, I believe, verse 9. Do I have that scripture? I don't know if I'd given that to you. 1 Corinthians 6, uh, 6, 19. It says, the one that joins himself to the Lord is one with him in spirit. Is there another scripture after that one? Nope, not that one. But leave that one up. We'll get to it says, one that joins himself to the Lord, we become one with him in spirit. Everybody say one. So what happened was my spirit. Okay, do you know that I am made up of spirit, soul, and body? Everybody. Do you know that you are made up of spirit, soul, and body? Okay. Your spirit is spiritual. Your soul is actually spiritual. And your body is physical. You go home, be with the Lord, and you get a glorified body, and there's a whole new, whole other thing we'll get into later. But my spirit becomes one with him. Okay, so I have a spirit within me. The unseen spirit of God lives in the unseen spirit of man, in the seen body, on the seen earth. You go from unseen to unseen, in the seen, on the seen. Unseen to unseen, in the seen, on the seen. Are you with me? That spirit of the living God lives in me. Do you think that spirit's perfect? It's a good question, Pastor. Well, I want to answer it for you today. Everything you need is right there. That spirit is perfect. Is God perfect? I'm talking about without blemish, without wrinkle, without spot, has wisdom. He's the creator of the heaven and the earth. Who was it? Um, Sister Kelly was talking about quantum physics today. That's what she was talking about. The quantum physics that was taking place. All these things. Earth is matter. And it, I'm telling you, it has memory. There is, there's matter that has memory. And because God's created it, that there's a whole other teaching. Maybe we just need to have a conference on quantum physics and, and invite all the scientists in. Because I believe that as scientists, as scientists try to disprove the things in the word of God, they're going to prove the things of the word of God. Amen. So, so what happens is I become born again in my spirit. My spirit has everything that I need. So then why does sin come in? Does sin get into my spirit? Because it does not get into my spirit. Okay? And I can challenge anybody on this if they want to they dispute me on this. Then we'll look at the word of God and you're going to find out that what happens is you become born again in your spirit. 
now your spirit is it's, it's renewed. It's, it's put in everything is God inside your spirit. Are you with me? And what happens is then it's up to us to restore our soul. So when I make mistakes, I'm not making a mistake out of my spirit. I'm making a mistake out of my soul. Are you with me? My mind, my will, my emotions. Say it with me. Mind, will, and emotions. Again, mind, will, and emotions. That's my soul. I'm a sinner, but I got saved by God's grace. I'm no longer a sinner. I'm a son of God, but I do sin. And I don't sin in my spirit. I sin in my soul. Hello, I'm going to lay down some truth today for you. That's coming with you. The truth is coming because it's not your spirit that's doing it. It's your soul. Your spirit needs to overrule your soul. And your soul, your mind, your will, and emotions can tell your body what to do. And then your body does it. See, originally, if we're made in the image and the likeness of God, originally, we were created to live forever. Not just in heaven, but here on earth. Can I get an amen? See, they, you know, they, they, there was, and then sin came in, and it caused the body to die, to deteriorate. Are you with me? And now they say, you know what, because when you're born again now, or you're born, physically born, that even from the time you're born, that your body begins to, to start deteriorate, even though it's growing. So here's what I want you to understand. Jesus came not only to save us, but to restore our soul. So I'm following the things after God. And I'm struggling with some areas. Those areas I'm struggling is in my soul. It's my mind. It's my will. It's my emotions. It's my belief system within my mind. I'm struggling with those things. Paul himself talked about it in Romans chapter 8. He said, man, 7 and 8, it was like the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I, I don't want to do, man, I keep doing them things. Oh, what wretched man am I who can save me from this body of flesh and then you look at the scripture after that, and it talks about the Holy Spirit coming in. The Holy Spirit can help us. It's the Spirit, are we with me, that lives inside me that can help me with the issues that I'm dealing with my soul. If I'm in a renewal process, then I need to renew my mind. Romans 12, 2. Anybody know what that scripture is? Don't be conformed to the things of this world, but what? Be transformed how? By the renewing of your so you can establish what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. It's the renewing of the mind. The mind's part of the soul. I got to renew my mind. Look, you got to renew your mind daily. I can watch a TV show or I can watch a newscast. I can watch something else like that, and it's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. It's bad. And I'm thinking, man, it's really bad. And I got to start renewing my mind to the things of God, that God is a good God, and he's good all the time. And although there may be bad things out there, are you with me, that I got to be able to rise up above those things and realize that I've got to renew my mind to the mind of Christ. I got to think the way God thinks. I got to think the way God thinks. So it's about your mind and your will. What about your will? I'm going to have my will. You've seen it from when children are little. It's like, put that up. No. You know, go put that up. No. <laughs> I told you, girl, you better go put that up. No. <laughs> what? You better put that up. I am not doing it. <laughs> that, that, that will is there. We, we want our will. Don't we want our will? I want this. I want that. I want this. I want that. Give me this. Give me that. Give me this. Give me that. Jesus was actually dealing with the same issue. 
He knew in the Garden of Gethsemane he was going to die. Needed to die. And he said, Father, I don't want to do this. Not my will, but your will. So there's a will. God's not going to try to override your free will. Oh, come on, somebody. He's not going to try to override your free will. There's times where the word of God will change our free will. Because then it becomes about God and not about me. And if we can begin to shift those things, and how do those things shift? Again, it's in the soul. What about our emotions? Look, I'm an emotional guy. I love to laugh. I love to cry. Sometimes tears of joy, but it can be sometimes tears of pain. I want to have compassion. God deals with emotions. He deals through emotions. Some people are like, well, I don't need to cry. I'm like, no, you need to cry. Maybe you need to cry. Maybe that's the very relief that you need to have is to get rid of those things, that grief, that hurt, that pain, that all those things. Maybe you need to, to release those and get rid of that thing because those are emotions. So we need to look at the soul and say, what am I doing with my soul? And if Jesus came to restore my soul, then then I've got to look at the way I think. I've got to look at the way I act. It's really hard, especially for guys to say, I'm sorry or I was wrong. Right, guys? <laughs> but we've got to look at those things and say, wait a minute. God, maybe I was wrong on how I perceived this scripture or understood this scripture, or maybe I needed to change the way I think, change the way I believe, and there's a scripture that says God's ways are higher than our ways. His thoughts are higher than our thoughts. And we've got to be able to say, okay, God, you've got, you can figure this out. If you'll figure this out for me, I've got to change the way I think. Not only if I change the way I think, then guess what will happen? If I change the way I think, then my I will change the way I act. I will change the way I act. If you think, that you can be a child of God and have joy in your life, then guess what will start to come into your life, right? Don't you think in the Spirit that the Holy Spirit wants you to have joy? Oh, come on, somebody. Don't he want you to have strength in times of weakness? The Holy Spirit wants to teach you. Are you with me? And when you go through a difficult time, a difficult place, that you can all of a sudden put on Put on the joy, the garment of to overcome the spirit of heaviness. The Bible says to overcome that spirit of heaviness is to put on the garment of praise. I don't know, but this is how I fight my battle. Maybe we're in a battle and, and, and maybe it's a battle in your soul that you're not sure whether to push in or to lay back, come forward or to, to back off or to move in or, or to step into the things of God or, or to, to change out and step out of the things of the world. You begin to start fighting in your soul. But God wants your soul to prosper. So I'm glad she left 3 John 2 up there. Is because he wants you to prosper. Say God wants me to prosper. So if sin is a disease to the soul. Then Jesus came to restore your soul. Because he's overcome sin. Are you with me? Sin doesn't even be in it. Listen I put this down. As a believer. Sin is no longer an issue for you. It is the restoration of your soul. Some religious terms would call it sanctification. You're working on getting sanctified. You're living the life Christ wants you to live. 
It isn't about focusing on sin. It's about focusing on Jesus. And when you focus on Jesus, the sin won't be an issue in your life. Because you're going to fall down, you're going to mess up, you're going to make a mistake, but you got to get back up, put it under the blood of Jesus, and begin to move forward. Why? Because greater is he that is in you than he that's coming against you. Why? The Jesus power inside of you is greater than any power that's coming against you. Can I get an amen? So he's dealing with that. And Third John number 2 says, Beloved, I pray... And in all respects that you may prosper and be in good health, just as your soul prospers. I was talking to a young man that obviously had, his soul was prospering. And he took, he took, uh, he took note of that and was letting others know. And it also, he was prospering. To prosper in your soul is to advance in knowledge of the truth and to walk in it. Didn't Jesus say, what will set you free? And there was a challenge. What is the truth? Right? What was it? Pontius Pilate asked him, right? What is the truth? It's like the truth's going to set you free. Jesus is the truth. He said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. So we, we understand that to prosper in our soul is to advance in the knowledge of truth and to walk in it. Prosperity, or it's it's spiritual, but it is also natural things. It's not just natural; it can be spiritual. I was thinking about Second Corinthians four sixteen. I'll give you a couple scriptures and wind this thing up because um, there's uh, there's just a place where I want to get to. He says in Second Corinthians four sixteen that says, "Though the outward man perish, yet the inward man is being what renewed." How's it being renewed? It's not the spirit, it's the soul. And it's being renewed day by day. Are you with me? It's being renewed day by day. Oh, come on, somebody. Are you hearing me? It's being renewed day by day. It's your soul. It's being renewed. If you'll let it, it's being renewed day by day. So physical health. Physical health is a result of what? Nutrition. It's a result of exercise. It's a result of cleanliness. It's a result of proper rest. And it's a discipled or disciplined, ordered life that has some balance. And everybody wants health. Don't we want health? We, we want to operate in health. And that's why one of the, the diet books are the one of the largest selling markets in the, in the book industry um, of all time because people want health. But what about our spiritual health? What about our spiritual health? If everything is within me, then I've got to renew my soul, my mind, my will, my emotions, the way I think, the way I walk, the way I act, the way I believe. Come on, somebody. The way I stand, the way I, you know, I got to I gotta look at those things. And this is not about a works mentality. It's about allowing the spirit of the living God to change you. And for you to be, understand the knowledge and say, wait a minute, I don't need to be that way. I'm, I'm not going to be that way any longer. I'm not going to get involved in that any longer. Or I am going to get involved in this because that's a godly decision that I want to be able to have. So it's when you look at, at physical health, you can do the same thing with spiritual health. It results in nutrition. Everybody say nutrition. What, what, where, where's the nutrition of the spiritual health? What? This is your vitamin A, D, C, D, E, F, G, H, I, J, K, L, M, N, O, B. 
Are you with me? This is everything you need. This is this is your this is your nutrition. Coming and worshiping the Lord, praise and worship. I love it. It 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 brings nutrition. Oh, come on, somebody. You can sing some songs. We sang some songs today, and they aren't just singing songs. There's an anointing behind those songs. There's a prophetic word behind those songs. There's something that's being released, and it's being released, and all of a sudden, you're beginning to start to move out of the kingdom of dark into the kingdom of light. You're starting to move out of you wanting your will to God will. God lets your will be done. You can have all of me. And we can see that with nutrition and exercise there's exercise by reading the word of god declaring the word of god doing those things there's some there's some times where you just got to stand up and you got to declare a thing or decree a thing and it be established and guess what there's times where you got to stand up and don't say nothing there's times where you got to push in and you got to move forward and there's times where you got to rest rest and see for all of us driven I want to I want to I want to I want to perform I want to do I, I, I it's hard for me to pull back and rest but there's times of rest there's times of that first Timothy 4 6 and 7 God bless you says this first Timothy 4 verses 6 and 7 in pointing these things to the brethren you will be a good servant of Jesus Christ or Christ Jesus constantly nourished on the words of faith and of sound doctrine which you have been following but have nothing to do with worldly fit for old women. On the other hand, discipline yourselves for the purpose of godliness. So check this out. I was looking at that, and it was talking about, you know, basically old wives' tales, what it was talking about. You know what I mean? Don't walk under a ladder. I am one that it doesn't matter. I If the ladder's there, and, it's in, and, and I got to get from here point A to point B, and that ladder's there, I'm going to walk under it in the name of Jesus. Are you with me? I don't worry about that stuff. So check out the Message Bible. Let me give this to you. This is what the message says. It says, you've been raised on the message of faith and have followed sound teaching. Now pass on this counsel to the followers of Jesus there, and you'll be a good servant of Jesus. Stay clear of silly stories that get dressed up as religion, exercise daily in God, no spiritual flabbiness, please. <laughs> no spiritual flabbiness, please. Workouts in the gymnasium are useful, but a disciplined, li disciplined life in God is far more so, making you fit both for today and forever. You can count on this. Take it to heart. That's why we've thrown ourselves into this venture so totally. We're banking on the living God, Savior of all men and women, especially believers. Are you ready for your soul to prosper? Are you ready to get to that place where, where you, you will prosper and you will begin to grow and you'll begin to process things differently? Or maybe, maybe it'll line up with the word of God. And then all of a sudden, some of the things that you believe in God for will begin to take place. Jesus said this in Matthew 22, verse 37, that we love the Lord your God with all your what? Heart, all your soul, with all your mind. We, we've got, we, we, we love the Lord. We love the Lord. We love the Lord. We talk about that. And he was quoting Deuteronomy, an Old Testament scripture in Deuteronomy. 
John 10.10. Let me finish up with this scripture here. John 10.10 says the thief comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Okay? We talked about the context of this a few weeks ago. But Jesus said, I've come to give you life. Everybody say life. Where does that life take place? Does it take place with a new car? Does it take place with a new home? Does it take place with a new pair of shoes? Which I need because I had two that were gone in my suitcase. Are you with me? But I do have another pair. See what I mean? Sometimes we think life is something different. He said, I've come to give you life. Life where? I want that life. Life in your soul. Life in your mind. Life in your will. Life in your emotions. I can do all things in Christ who strengthens me. I can overcome this addiction or bondage. I can overcome this hurt or pain. I can overcome this trauma that I had years ago. I'm going to begin to overcome that. It may have been 20 years, but it's no longer going to have me now because I'm going to prosper in my soul and I'm going to overcome those things. Stand to your feet today and let's give the Lord a mighty hand clap of praise. Hallelujah. It takes place in your soul. He wants to give you beauty for ashes. He wants to give you joy for sorrow. He wants to take that pain and turn it into a promise that he's given you. It is three things that I want to give you real quickly. Number one, the first thing I want to give you, when you begin, what begins to happen when your soul is being restored. These are kind of markers that you can look at yourself and go, okay, is that happening in me? Number one, you're going to advance in knowledge of truth. There's two things in the word of God why people perish. Do you, does anybody know those two things? The lack of knowledge is one. The other one is without a vision. With no vision, my people perish. My people perish for lack of knowledge. You're going to be starting to get not only knowledge, but you're going to understand the truth. You're going to understand the truth. You're going to see the truth. And the truth will set you, and the truth will set you, and the truth will set you. See, do you, maybe you don't want to be free. Maybe people want to stay there. And if they want to stay there, then guess what? God's going to let them stay there. But if you decide that you don't want to stay there, and you want to move up and into what God has for you, then you're going to advance in the knowledge of truth. Yes, Angela, thank you for playing. Number two, the second thing is you got to begin to exercise a, a, a balanced life. Some of the stuff's out of balance, y'all. I'm telling you, you get a you get a car tire and, and it's out of balance, it's not going to take you very far. And what happened is sometimes, and I'm preaching to myself as well as anything else, that what happens is we get our we get our life out of balance. And the third thing you also get is that you got to honor God in all things men are talking about this we've we've started talking about this uh, a couple few months ago before we stopped our Wednesday night classes so we could get back up this Wednesday night whatever we do in word and deed we do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ Cammy, you know that I love sports and I love to watch a sports game just to watch the end to see if somebody I love it when somebody refers to scripture. Or I love it when somebody says, guess what? I, I'm blessed because of the ability that God's given me, and they're able to do that. Whether that's dance, whether that's drama, whether whatever that is, we can do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. See, for years, people have been trying to get out of areas, thinking they shouldn't be there. And I'm trying to get you in those areas. 
I'm trying to get you into the arts and entertainment so that situation can change. I'm trying to get you into the sports and, and, and that's those things. Why? So you can bring God in there and you can honor God in all that you do. What about business? I want to have you, I want you to get involved in business. Why? Because whatever you do in word and deed, if you're doing it in business, then you're going to try to have those godly principles that are there and you're going to treat people with honor and treat them with respect and you're going to bless them and you're going to do what you can possibly do. Are you with me? And what about if you're, you're in education or anything else, whatever field that you go into, let's bring God in there. That's what the kingdom of God is about. It's about bringing God into the area in which you're in. I mean, if you're there, then let's bring God in there. Come on, somebody. You know why? Because things can change just because you're there. I'm going to teach on companies. Companies don't get blessed because it's the company that gets blessed. It's the people that work for the companies that get blessed because they carry the kingdom of God into that company. Hallelujah. And that's what gets blessed. Are you with me? So I want you to change. I want your soul to change. And some of you may not, some of you may not want that. You might want to sit down because I believe God's going to do something. Because God's going to do something in your soul, and it's going to start right here. We're going to ignite something. Something's going to be caught on fire. There's going to be a spontaneous combustion that's going to take place. Okay? So you God's going to mess you up in a good way. Right? He's going to do that in a good way. He, want, he wants to touch you in a good way. He, want, he wants to bless you in a good way. He wants you to bring knowledge and truth. He wants you to exercise a balanced life. He, he wants you to begin to honor God at whatever you do. So no matter where you are, if you're a hog farmer like me and you're shoveling hog manure or you're doing construction or whatever it is that I do that you've got to do, that I want to do it, I want to do it unto the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm working as if I'm working for the Lord Jesus Christ. And when I work as I'm working unto the Lord Jesus Christ, my attitude will change. And it won't be about the man. It'll be about the God. And then, you know what? Because he is the God. Let's give him some praise in the house today. Hallelujah. If you want to receive something for your soul today, just lift your hands up. Father God, right now in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, we are expecting some things to begin to sh- to start happening today, right now. We heard prophetically the word of God today that it's a now time. Now faith is. Right now, right now. Now begins to it begins to shift and change now. We are made into the image and the likeness. We are transformed into your image. I thank you, Lord God, that this transformation process is going to begin to accelerate right now in the name of Jesus. And there's going to be a Holy Ghost uh, combustion that's taking place right now in Jesus' name. I thank you that we'll receive the truth and we'll get the knowledge of the truth and it will begin to set us free and our freedom will begin to bring us into a balanced place and then it will also in turn of being in a balanced place in our lives that all of a sudden we'll begin to honor you God in everything. Honor you in everything. I declare that your soul today, your mind, your will and emotions are undergoing a transformation process. I declare that you be patient as this journey is, is, as you're on this journey but then you begin to expect God we expect you to move and we expect you to move quickly help us God with our help me God help me help me God help me with my my motions help me with my will help me with my mind help me with my thoughts and and help me with the things that 
that, that I think I can't do and help me with the things that I can do and help me realize and understand what you want from me and what I'm empowered to do for you. And I pray a blessing over you today in Jesus' name.